Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. You are to conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be known as Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called Emmanuel, God with us. I carried the answer to the world in my womb for nine months. And when I gave birth to him, this gift that would lead to my salvation, the gift that would lead to the salvation of the world. Yes, this gift is my son. My son's name is Jesus. And I'm gonna teach him everything I know. I will teach him to walk and then he will walk on water. I will teach him to recognize people and animals, colors and flavors with his eyes. And then my son will give sight to a blind man. When thunder and lightning lay on top of our roof at night, I will soothe him in my arms. And then my son will sleep on a boat in the deadliest of storms, peacefully and calm it just by raising his hand. He will learn to read and then we will discover he knows far more than we could ever imagine. He will learn to speak and then he will teach thousands upon thousands of men, women and children how to spread the word of God. He will learn to build and create and then one day he will be remembered as Lord of all creation. Show him how much I love him. And then he will show us an unconditional love like no other. This is my son, Jesus. Oh, why God the Father found favor in Joseph and I to be earthly parents to the chosen one. Uh, I am in wonder despite my doubts and the questions I carry deep in my soul that he has found favor in me. Mary. I am in wonder. So good. Well, that was just a snippet from um, our Christmas celebration last week. And I, I promise it's relevant to my message, but who was here last weekend with our Christmas celebration? Wasn't it fun? Wasn't it full of faith? It was awesome. I, I, I am, uh, my name's Anna and I'm the worship and creative pastor here alongside my husband, Ben. And I'm just gonna take a little second to just honour the creative and worship team. Cause you know, what we see on stage is just the tip of the iceberg of the hours that the volunteers, they don't get paid, you know, to spend hours across weeks, if not months uh, um, to rehearse, to learn, to pray, um, to, to 
we got a new sound desk and we had to rewire the whole thing and then there were troubleshooting in rehearsals and we're, you know, doing, there's, a, there's many little intricacies that we don't see. Oftentimes we notice that when things go wrong, but when things go right, you know, um, sometimes it can just like pass by us. But I want to honour all of them. Like we couldn't do what we do uh, without them. Um, I'm so grateful for the spirit that they carry. You know, it's not a performance. Uh, it's worship and it's ministry. It's to minister to people. It's to reach people. It's for people to encounter Jesus Christ. Um, and we have fun doing it. And, and I love them so much. So can we just put our hands together for the amazing team? So it's Christmas time. No, no, Christmas time. I don't know the whole song. And we're in a series called Behold, Divine Encounters This Christmas. And so far we've explored the nativity story from the viewpoint of Joseph, the shepherds. And today I'll be doing it from the viewpoint of... Good guess, Mary, correct. So prior to the birth of Jesus, you know, all of these people have had a divine encounter which immediately left them feeling fearful, uncertain and apprehensive. And in the case of Mary, Joseph and the shepherds, they each had an encounter with an angel, an encounter that catalyzed them to step into what God was purposing for, purposing them for. And as the initial shock of their divine encounters wore off, they are faced with the reality of a future they did not expect or plan for and are faced with the decision to step into the next God has for them. Let me ask, have you ever had a divine encounter like that? See, divine, the word means of God. So when we talk about divine encounters, I'm not talking about the divine encounter you had with Auntie Carol's Black Forest cake last weekend. There's divine, that ice cream. I always, I always talk about ice cream as divine. I don't know. Maybe ice cream is from the Lord. Uh, you know, we'll find out when we go to heaven. But I'm talking about experiences and moments that were of God experiences that set fire to your purpose, that have catalyzed you to step into your next. Have you ever had a divine encounter like that? And maybe you're like me and you haven't you know, witnessed an angel appear in front of you, but most of us can probably identify times and experiences that were definitely from God. You know, whether it's, you know, you, you hear from God, an impression on your heart, or there's an assuredness in a decision or the direction that you're going. You know, it's, it could be experiencing a strong sense of His presence. You're, you're filled with this awe and wonder, or you feel like you're being wrapped or surrounded by His love. It could be experiencing a strong sense of His peace in the midst of a tragedy. It could be experiencing a miracle that reason and rationality cannot explain. Do you feel like you're facing a giant in your life? Or like you're on the edge of a cliff and there is a change that needs to happen, a leap of faith, a decision to be made, a prayer that needs answering, but you're unsure. You're afraid of how to take the next step. You need a divine encounter. Do you feel insignificant? You are one person out of 7.8 billion people on this planet and counting. And are you wondering how could God possibly use you? What impact could you make for the Kingdom of God? What difference would that make? You need a divine encounter. 
My message today is titled, Do Not Be Afraid. And I'm so excited to unpack Mary's divine encounter and what it can teach us about our humanity and our God. And so my prayer for us today is that we would leave with a fresh sense of wonder of who our God is, what He's done, and what He wants to do in your life. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank You for this time that we can spend in Your Word. Thank You, God, that we celebrate Christmas each and every year. And I pray, Lord, that it won't just be festivities that pass us by, but an opportunity for a grand revelation of the birth of Jesus and what that means for all mankind. Thank You for Your love and Your mercy. And Holy Spirit, would You have Your way in this place? Lord, speak through me, Lord. Would your truth be proclaimed? And I pray that it will fall on open hearts and open minds today. We thank you, Lord, for your word and that we get to share this together. All the glory and honour belong to you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Well, if you have heard me speak before, I like to do one of two things. The first one is I... I like to do a parallel. I like to get like one Bible story and another Bible story and I tell them both and then I compare the pair, compare the meerkat, you know, compare, yeah. Or I like to make a Lord of the Rings reference. I love to do that. Um, And so we'll get a little something, one of those. But uh, before we talk about Mary, I want to talk about Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John. We're gonna do a parallel today. John the Baptist, whose birth was also marked by angelic proclamation and divine intervention. And we're starting in Luke 1, verse five. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. So both Zechariah and Elizabeth, they come from priestly lineage. And I'm talking hundreds, 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 hundreds upon hundreds of uh, thousands of years of priestly lineage. They are both very strong in their faith and they took it seriously. And they practiced what they preached. That's what the Scriptures have just told us. And though they were people of faith, they served, they lived according to God's commands, they couldn't have a child. And which in Judean culture, to have kids was a great blessing and a sign of fruitfulness. And so Zechariah is essentially rostered on, you know, planning centre back in the, old, in the day. And he's rostered on to serve in the temple. And considering how many priests there were, there were many, and there were many duties that they had to perform in the temple. The likelihood of him being selected to burn incense in the temple was slim. And so right there in the house of God, he encounters an angel. Let's continue in verse 11. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him, a common response. 
But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. John the Baptist was a forerunner of Jesus. He was a prophet, a voice in the wilderness and his ministry ended what was almost 400 years of prophetic silence. 400 years, nobody heard from God for 400 years. And so John the Baptist is born, preparing the way for Jesus. Verse 18, And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And verse 24, after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. Zechariah a faithful and religious man. And I use the term religious in a good connotation. He's ministering in the temple. He is in the place that hosts the presence of God. He is in a place of prayer and worship. He is in a place where you would anticipate and expect an encounter with God. And what is his response? Doubt, unbelief. He asks, how shall I know this? And I love this. Because I can just imagine the angel Gabriel staring at Zechariah and then rolling his eyes so far back in his head and being like, are you serious, homie? Number one, Zechariah, Zeki, you're a priest. You know the Scriptures. You know what Abraham and Sarah went through. They were old. They wanted a child. What God did then, He can do for you. Number two, I am an angel, a messenger. Angel literally means messenger. Messenger of the Lord God Almighty sent to tell you, you, that you're gonna have a son and you want a sign? What more confirmation do you need, Zeki? And I actually think it was a mercy that God decided to just mm, zip your lip. Like, you want a sign here? Shut your mouth, okay? Mm-mm. I'm not gonna play games with you, Zechariah. Playing games with me? Nope, not today. Anyway, the problem I find with Zechariah's response is that the confirmation that was given to him wasn't enough. The angel literally confirms that God has heard his and Elizabeth's prayers and cries for a child. He he has heard it and he's going to answer it. And even more so, the calling, 
The calling that is upon this baby's life is far beyond what they could ever think or imagine. And rather than sow excitement, rather than be stirred in his faith, rather than be like, praise you, Lord, that you have answered my prayer, Zechariah doubts. Let me ask you, church, have you been given a promise, a word, a hope to hold on to from God? But like Zechariah, it's shrouded with doubt and unbelief. You know, in Zechariah's case, you can know all the right things, you can do all the right things, you can be in the right place. God can send an angel right in front of you and tell you to your face the blessing that He's about to bestow on you. And yet in our humanity, in the frailty of our faith, we can still doubt Him. So what do we do? Well, let's read Mary's divine encounter. So it's the same chapter in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth was a small, insignificant village, wasn't on the tourist route, was nothing special about it. And to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Here's what we need to know. Mary and Joseph, they didn't come from wealthy or highly esteemed families. You know, even though Joseph's lineage was tied to King David, it wasn't really a means for boasting. They didn't really have a a family crest hanging on the door. It would be like if somebody said that they were, you know, related to the royal family in Buckingham Palace and they lived in housing commission in Duneside. Like we'd we'd probably be like, "Mm, I don't know if I believe you. You know? Verse 28. And he, the angel Gabriel, came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But he was great but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now in the original Greek, the phrase to discern is dialogizeto, which to me sounds like a fancy flavour of gelato, but it's not. It is an accounting word and it means to make an audit. It means to be intensely rational. And I believe Mary's trying to rationalise a few things. Am I really seeing an angel or is this a hallucination? Um, Have I had enough to eat today? Um, was why has this angel come to see me? Like I'm in Naz, like I'm just a poor girl in Nazareth. The capital's that way. If you wanted to make, you know, do something special, like what is what's happening? Verse thirty, and the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God." And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Now, this is a key question. How will this be is different to Zechariah's question of how shall I know this? See, Zechariah was seeking confirmation. Make me believe, make me understand that what you're saying is true. Mary's question is a good question. 
You know, according to the Matthew Henry commentary, Mary's question of how will this be wasn't asked in a manner of distrust, but from a desire to be further instructed. Having grown up a Jew, being in the lineage of King David, she would know the prophecies spoken about the Messiah. She would know that the promised Messiah was to be born a virgin. And so if God has chosen her to be the mother of the Messiah, she's asking, what do I do next? How will this be? Because she knows it will be. What's the next step? Zechariah's lack of trust inhibited his ability to comprehend the blessing that God was about to make a reality. And for Mary, there was no margin for wondering. She was ready for the next God was calling her to. Let's keep reading verse 35. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary's encounter put her on a pathway toward a future she was not expecting or planned for. There are two answers the angel gives Mary in response to her question, how will this be? And the first is, God will provide. Whatever God is calling you toward, do not be afraid because He will provide. You know, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And we can read again in the message version, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything more than just ready to do what needs to be done. You know, in the case of Mary, God didn't provide her with money or resources. He didn't give her fame and influence. She didn't become the most popular girl in Nazareth because she was housing the Messiah. But there's a good reason why the angel tells Mary about her relative Elizabeth and the miracle that he's done in Elizabeth. And it wasn't only to encourage her faith. It wasn't only to... to display um, that God can do the impossible. But God has provided Mary with someone who will understand, someone to share the journey with. Who else could possibly understand what Mary was about to undertake? Who else would believe that she was carrying the Messiah? Her neighbours wouldn't understand. Her family wouldn't understand. Joseph needed a divine intervention with an angel, the angel Gabriel, in order to understand. But who in all of Mary's world would see the situation and would understand the heavenly agenda? Let's read Luke 1:39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. Let me clarify, from Nazareth to the, that place was 130 kilometres. 
That would be like if we decided after the service, let's all go for a walk to Newcastle. It will take us a long time. She walked. Pregnant Mary. Pregnant Mary. What a boss. And so verse 40, she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Bible commentary suggests she was um, filled with the spirit of prophecy. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth celebrates with Mary. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. It wasn't just a kick. It was like something more than a kick. You know, and so Elizabeth confirms being filled with the Holy Spirit, the divinity in the situation and shares this to assure and strengthen Mary's faith. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfilment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Elizabeth commends Mary for her faith. You know, we need to understand that God's provision may not come in the form of cold, hard cash. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It may not come in the form of open doors and opportunities. God's provision may not look like an easy pathway to where He's calling you, like a grace to get to where He he wants you. But God's provision might look like a person who will see you and understand you the way God understands you, who will push you toward where God is calling you, who will encourage you, who will pray with you, who will help you with the burden you carry, who will support you when no one else does. You know who else sounds like that? Sam, Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. He wasn't he, he is the Elizabeth to Mary that he hit to Frodo, you know what I'm saying? When I was a little kid, I did not like Sam. I thought he was whiny and I was like, oh my gosh, like you're really, like I can't, if you were my friend, I wouldn't be able to breathe. You just like back off, like But the last time I watched Return of the King, Ben had the audacity to fall asleep. Um, Return of the King is the third in the trilogy. There, There are a few people here who haven't watched The Lord of the Rings and let me tell you guys, that makes me worried. Um, and, um, I was watching Return of the King, the final in the trilogy, and um, Ben was asleep, how dare he? And so I'm watching and I begin to bawl my eyes out because it's finally hit me as a 20-something year old that the, the kind of friend Sam was to Frodo. And Ben wakes up and he's like, oh, I'm literally like, <laughs> like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And he's like, what's wrong? And he's, I'm just like, Sam is just such a good friend. I've hated him my whole childhood, but he's so good. Yeah, so Sam, man, give it up for Sam, guys. Sam, what a friend. We all need a friend like Sam. And if you don't know the context of which I'm speaking, please. Watch the Lord of the Rings, one, two, and three. Have a good time. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Do not be afraid. God will provide. The second answer to Mary's question, how will this be, is this. God will be with you. Whatever God is calling you toward, do not be afraid because He will be with you. 
Psalm 16, eight says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for He is right beside me. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And in Luke 1.35, the angel tells Mary that the Holy Spirit will come upon her, that the power of the Most High will overshadow her or, or hover over her. And she's got an advantage because she's got literally the Saviour, the Messiah, you know, growing in her womb. But if you've read your Bibles, you would know that when Jesus, before He ascends to heaven, what does He promise to the disciples? What does He promise to us? The Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that the angel promised would dwell with Mary, dwells with us. And the band can join me. Whatever God is calling you toward, whatever it may be, whatever mountain or giant you're facing, when we ask how, the answer is the Holy Spirit. Not only will the Holy Spirit be with you, but His power will surround you. You know, it says in Zechariah 4, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Goes on to say, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit. So how do I step into my calling? Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. How am I going to break through the bullying that I'm experiencing? Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. You can repeat those with me. How do I deal with my kids who have lost their way? Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. How do I face my cancer diagnosis? Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. How do I be the parent God is calling me to be? Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. How do I be the spouse God is calling me to be? Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. How do I face this mountain? Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Because church, let me tell you, when we read the great things that God has done in the Bible, how He has overcome and made a way and done the miraculous again and again and again and done what common reasoning cannot explain. When we understand that those same promises were not just for them then, but still for us now in the present. When God meets us, when He taps you on the shoulder and He says, hey, I've got a higher way for you. There's a miracle on the move. I've heard your prayers. I want to bless you. You won't respond like Zechariah. How shall I know this? But you'll respond like Mary. How will this be? So how then? How then can we have a divine encounter? It starts with intimacy with Christ. Learn His voice, read His Word, learn what His promises are. You don't have to wander around in the dark, guys. It's all in here. Surrender your entire life 
to Him. Lay it at His feet. Lay down your dreams. Lay down your identity. Lay down what people think of you. Lay down your will. Lay down your agenda because God may call you just like Joseph, just like Mary, just like the shepherds to a future you could never expect or plan for. And what a wonderful thing God did. He took poor and ordinary people out from obscurity, from an insignificant town. And by their humility and willingness, gave them honour, gave them a future that they couldn't plan for. And a legacy that has endured millennia. So let me ask you one final question today, church. Do you want the future that God has for you? Do not be afraid. Friends, God doesn't care where you come from. But He does care about where you're going. For many of you, He's been tapping on your shoulder for a very long time. Maybe you, maybe you couldn't sense it. Or maybe you've been afraid because it's going to ask you to give up a lot of who you think you are. Do not be afraid. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I'd love to take an opportunity today. If there is anybody in here who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, you know, in His Word, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And if you want a future that is bigger than your expectations, if you feel like there's more to the life you're currently living, the way is found through Jesus. Jesus is the only way. And so if you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I'd love to pray with you. And if you'd be so bold and just pop your hand up so I can see who I'm praying with today, if that's you. Awesome church, let's stand together and we'll pray this together. And we're also gonna spend some time in worship, but let's pray, Lord God, we just thank You for this time. How many times has your angels re, have your angels reassured us to not be afraid? You see each and every person in this room. You see each and every person online, God. And there is a future that you're calling them toward that is bigger than their expectations. Holy Spirit, would you help us to become sensitive to your voice, sensitive to your leading, Help us to surrender, God. Help us to follow your way. Help us to forgive. Help us to follow Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you move again in our lives? Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.